Uh, it's Caden McCombs down here in Austin, Texas with Lone Star Catastrophe Services. I'm here with Aaron Specht. How are you doing, Aaron? Hey, dude. Up here in Edwardsville, home office. Also here with Phil Chavez. Hey, Caden. Hey, Aaron. I'm uh, actually in uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, uh, working in the Nashville uh, market. Are you doing some commercial up there? Yeah, I actually had a uh, opportunity with uh, a residential roofer that uh, Quentin, one of our partners, is uh, friends with. Uh, Aaron and I had the opportunity to meet him a few months ago, and he had a commercial opportunity that he didn't know how to how to uh, go about it. So he asked us to step in. And we're paying him as a, a project manager, and it's a gas station in Nashville that uh, 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 has some damage, and we're gonna we're gonna do right by him. That's cool. Have you already got that one bought by the insurance? Uh, we actually had the adjuster meeting today, and it was a little bit of rain, which actually was uh, helpful because we we had to go through it pretty quickly because the rain was coming in. And uh, I'm pretty sure we had a bunch of metal roof pot, portion of the roof bought, and uh, a lot of the soft metals. The uh, uh, actual roof system is what's referred to as a built-up roof system. Uh, what I refer to, and what most folks uh, refer to it as, it's a, it's a tar and gravel system. And a lot of adjusters think that that roofing system uh, doesn't, uh, it is is really resistant to hail and wind damage, and I would have an argument, uh, a successful argument that would otherwise say that it is very susceptible to hail. Cool. How long do you, I know with residential, it usually takes about a week or two to hear back from the insurance. How long does it take for commercial? Uh, that really depends on whether or not it's a CAT team, a uh, catastrophe adjuster, or a local uh, carrier adjuster. In this situation, it was a carrier adjuster. And typically, it's it's about a week. Uh, Erie does a pretty good job at uh, uh, getting back to their customers. Uh, I actually had another claim today with Erie. And uh, the resolution of the claim literally occurred in the driveway. And uh, all the credit to them. Aerie does a great job at uh, communicating and uh, res or resolving the claim quickly. Uh, they're one of my preferred carriers to work with. So uh, uh, that was a great experience. Being that it's commercial, uh, typically what happens is in a co the commercial environment, is it's a higher dollar claim. Uh, anytime you get over $100,000, there's a, a large claim specialist that gets involved. So those take a little bit longer, but the initial adjuster meeting, usually within, you know, five to seven days, they're pretty quick about it, especially the area adjusters. Cool. So the main thing I wanted to ask you is something you mentioned, which was what makes a good branch manager? And then do you want to tell us, and then we could ask Aaron what he thinks. So I, I would say, I, I would say again, the 
the role of a branch manager is it, it's not an easy one, and I'll I'll be honest with with, with that. It's going to require somebody that has a a lot of backbone to them. They're not dealing with just their own sales activity, which is, that is a definite expectation that we have uh, from our branch managers. Uh, there, you also have the ability, you, you need to have the ability to be a good leader. Uh, this is an industry where there's a lot of ups and downs. Uh, your income levels, you'll have really, really good months, and you'll have some months where you're struggling. Uh, and, and, you know, being financially responsible for your own your own checkbook is important, but it, there is a, a level of, of uh, roller coaster as it relates to the uh, financial your financial position on a personal level. So being a being a, a good salesperson, uh, being a good leader, and part of being a good leader is, is being very empathetic. Everybody has uh, situations that uh, they're going through, and I've always been a big believer. If you're a branch manager, you're a leader. If you can create an environment where all of your personal life problems exist, and they're out there, but when you're at work, that can actually be a safe place for you where you're productive. Uh, I also look at, at, at my professional environment personally where I can create uh, much like a movie. Uh, I'm the director of my own movie. I can create this this role or this personality or this uh, this individual, and I get to create that that more so than any other aspect of my life. And, and I choose in my professional life during during my work day, uh, I choose to be a certain way. And when folks that are capable of doing that. And creating a, a safe place, and, and this is again, you have your personal life, but in your in your 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 professional environment, that that's the movie you're directing, and you can be whoever you want to be. You you just have to play the role, and being able to to communicate that to someone, and being able to uh, create an environment where that can actually happen, where it's positive, it's motivating, it's supportive. Uh, for you, for, for the folks that, that work for you, uh, that that's that's really important to me. And the rest of the stuff happens: the making money, uh, uh, the the feeling of being part of a team, the feeling of being part of an organization, something bigger than yourself. Uh, that that's a, that's a huge quality. And then you have to be pretty organized. That's it. What would you say, Aaron? What would I say? What makes a good branch manager? Right on. Well, I think Phil hit the nail on the head on most of the stuff. Um, you know, what I look at is, you know, I want a, I want a team builder. I want somebody that's going to build a team. And I think you build a team by looking at strengths and weaknesses of each person, individual, how individual they are. Each person is going to have their own strengths and weaknesses. And historically, I've always found if I can really, you know, as, as a branch manager or as a leader or as a person trying to build a team, I want to figure out what each person's good at and really pound on those good qualities and build them up, build him or her up. 
you know, then you're looking at uh, adding more staff and more staff and creating a, a teamwork of, you know, I call it a competitive, you know, it's a competitive environment, but it's also an environment where you're working together as a team. You know, I also, you know, I want to look at, as a branch manager, I want somebody that's going to follow the directions within reason. You know, I don't mind people that work hard and go off, go off and, and uh, make decentralized decisions on their own. I'd rather have somebody make a bad decision than not make a decision. I'm, I'm very, very firm yeah. in decentralization, bottom-up management. Take a risk. You know, we, I always say this. We own a construction company. There's not a lot we can't unfuck, right, as long as you're making the decisions with, you know, integrity and you're making smart decisions. We all support everything. But with our business, hey, let's face it, it's roofing, man. It's not mail spec. It's not pharmaceutical sometimes, you know, in a commission-based environment. You know, you're you're not getting the Harvard, you know, grads. And sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But if you can find the uniqueness of each person and really build on their strength. Another big thing I'm going to look at, and this is, you know, across the board, character. You have to have character. If you're a piece of shit, we're going to, you know, you're going to work yourself out real quick. You know, I've been around the block for a while, Chavez, most of our team, we've, we've, we've had a lot of people work within all the companies and we can spot somebody that's full of shit. And I always say that too, you know, do real work, look in the mirror, you know, if you're doing real work, you know, if you're not doing real work and eventually your numbers will, will show it. But you want to also, you know, you want a branch manager to also, you know, be the type of person that people want to work for. You know, so an old adage is, you know, lead by example. You know, do real work, lead by example. Last but not least with door knocking, you better be fearless. You better go knocking a million doors. You better go talk to as many people as you can. You know, you better really be hitting insurance agents. And, and I'm, of course, I'm more talking on the residential side since that's my background. But you've got to always be closing. You've got to always be working on building your mini roofing empire. And, you know, I always say... You know, a characteristic of a good leader or a good branch manager or a good entrepreneur, you know, is is the, the ability to react fast when something isn't going right, make a decision, but then you're always working, you're never working. That means you don't just shut it off. So you don't have to work 20 hours a day. You know, you can, you know, you can go to the beach and work. You can go to Hawaii and work. You can go to the cabin and work. But you kind of have to stay plugged in with the reason. You can't, you can't just shut it off. You, know, you you got to be plugged in. you got to be available. You know, and sometimes it's a matter of, you know, letting things go to voicemail and triaging your stuff and getting back to people as fast as you can. Character is the big thing, though. You know, we've seen in this business, and let's face it, you know, roofing, there's a lot of drug use. There's a lot of drunks. There's a lot of criminal activity in this business. Let's face it. It's roofing, man. So you'll see a lot of a lot of people that uh, will be in this industry, maybe for the wrong reasons. They're here to get a quick buck, maybe rip off somebody and get out, whether it's whether it's our company or whether it's a customer. So really, character is a big thing. We want people that are going to be good shits. Yeah, what are some ways a bad project manager can negatively affect the company? Is that for me or Phil? <laughs> Either one, but... But sure. how long sure. how long we got? I can give you some yeah. examples. So I, I, I'll kind of jump in. And Aaron Aaron's used the word character. So uh, 
it, it really comes out and it really comes out really quick quickly in our industry. Uh, both Aaron and I come from an environment where we uh, hire slow, fire fast, and there's there's a lot of guys that come in this this industry that I should say that are within this industry that are really smooth talkers and they know everything about the industry, but quite honestly, they're lazy and they're thieves and they have no character. So I'll I'll say this. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. Uh, I work for an insurance agency out in in, uh, Chicago, Illinois. And and it's actually knowing this individual, uh, his name's Tony Shimino, he runs the assurance agency. He's a he's a, a, a absolute phenomenal individual, and I actually hope he hears his podcast uh, someday. Uh, it's de- absolutely deserving. Uh, he spent the first sixty uh, proposals, uh, and he lost all sixty, literally sixty in a row. And on sixty first, he got the contract. And he failed miserably. He was an attorney that decided he wanted to go in this direction. Uh, 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 Chicago Italian guy, obviously, you know, Tony Shimino. And uh, he finally figured it out after 60 deals and he didn't give up. That is the display of character. Uh, we have constant no's right now uh, in this industry. And if you don't have if you don't have the wherewithal, uh, the mindset that you're going to be successful, uh, I'd say this isn't the right industry for you in any capacity, whatever the role is. Uh, you got it. You got to be tough. You got to be resilient. And if you're not, you, it's gonna it's gonna show. And if you're if you're if you're a person that doesn't have character, which character to me is, it's not just doing the right thing. You know, when no one's looking, it's being hardworking, caring about your family, wanting to take care of the people that you care about. Uh, Character is a a broad definition for me. And I would definitely say that, uh, uh, again, and I I know I've said this in other other discussions that we've had, I've been absolutely blessed. Uh, And, again, a shout-out to Tony, where – some of these people in my career, I've been absolutely blessed to have these people as influences and mentors because hard work pays off. Good luck is a byproduct of hard work and that willingness to be a hard worker. I mean, that takes character. That takes internal fortitude. It takes a drive. It takes caring about more than just yourself. It's it, it just, it, it's a universal thing. And, I've seen guys come into this industry not not knowing a thing, just work hard. They started when they're broke, and they're buying houses and cars by the end of the season. So, uh, yeah, character universally across any part of our industry. Okay. Um. We'll talk. I, I guess I'll ask you first, Aaron. What are the I can weigh in on the other part too. So here's okay, something I'll say about about uh, the question was what what makes a bad what was it what makes a bad project manager? What are some of the pitfalls of being a shitty project manager? Yeah, greed. Uh, I, I, greed. That's a double edged 
What, what was the question? So I'm answering it right. <laughs> I don't think I answered the question at all. <laughs> well, because well, I think about like our track record of you know you know 12 years of doing this, and you know I hate to say it, we've had some turnover of people that you know started off out of the gate that were super good. They really did a good job. They did all the things right. They followed what we call the cardinal way, and uh, greed and money. I always, so a good example of this is our last big storm. You know, we did eight eight million in sales, and we had a ton of people selling for us and our very kick our first kickoff meeting i said look around the room everybody just look each other in the eyes look around the room there's 20 people in the room i said at least one of you the money's going to change you what no it's not so we had a room full of people you know whether they're you know moms dads stay-at-home moms single moms you know college kids you know guys in their 30s that maybe you know never made you know, 30, 40 grand a year, maybe never 50. And I said, look around the room. Somebody is going to have the money change them because you've never had money before. And then all of a sudden your ego is going to get really big and you're going to forget how you got here. You're going to stop answering. They are going to stop answering their phone calls. The customers are all stupid. They'll stop following all of our directions. And next thing you know, they'll be gone. And sure enough, I mean, it happened happened to three people our last big storm where they they start making you know 100, 100 150 grand a year and they stopped answering their phone calls they stopped doing the little things to service their customers we had bb complaints and you know next thing you know they're they're out of the picture they're gone and it's really funny you know and i guess that kind of gets back to character so obviously in hindsight they they had they were shitty character people but the money really will change people. So if you think about, you know, some of our core values and things that we talk about when we built the company, you know, humility. So once you see a project manager, anybody working for the company that loses that humility and kind of forgets what got us here, they're probably dead in the water. Hey, Aaron, can you, can you talk a little bit about how you learned humility? Well, I was lucky enough to, uh, be a really bad drunk. So long story short, you know, I went to rehab, dried up, uh, started doing AA in Denver. And one of the big pieces of, uh, you know, getting sober in the 12-step program is humility. So as I finished, I know people don't know all AA, and I won't get too much into AA, and it's certainly not a preaching thing, but in AA you have to go through certain steps. And then um, when you get to a place where, you actually, uh, you write inventory and then you make amends. You have to make amends for people that you've heard, double-crossed, you know, fucked over, whatever. So what that does is that really beats down or teaches you humility. So about the same time I was making my amends, and this is back in 2008 in Denver for uh, Northwest Roofing, is when uh, the owner of Northwest Roofing allowed me to come work for his company because he knew I was pretty serious about getting sober. And then I had to go door knock. So I was allowed to go door knock and nothing will, you know, nothing will beat your dick down or, you know, get you, get you grounded. than you know, a bunch of no's, like you said. And uh, it, for me, it was really humility training, you know, going door to door, being humble, offering our free proven service. And that's, that's humbling. That's humbling. Do you feel like, do you feel like 
that humbling experience has improved your character. Oh, 100%. I wouldn't be here. None of this would be here if I wouldn't have went through that. So it happened for me. It didn't happen to me. Thanks for listening to this Cardinal cast. You can check back here on Spotify for the next one. There'll be a new one every Friday. Thanks.